You will notice that every episode of Monkeys Took My Jetpack contains an explicit tag, meaning there may be language which would be unsuitable for work or for children. This time, we mean it. You've been warned. Monkeys Took My Jetpack Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, and thank you for downloading Monkeys Took My Jetpack, issue number 54. Today, we're going to introduce Thunderstep's character into the Dresden Files. You got a glimpse of his character and the formation thereof last time. Now we actually get to incorporate him into the game, and the mystery deepens as we investigate what exactly is going on and take some action accordingly. And that's all I'm going to say about that. To quote Forrest Gump, kind of. Paraphrase slightly. Our cast includes Trilobite as our awesome game master, yours truly, Blind Geek, playing David Mercury, Josh, playing Ezra Kirkland, Moondog, playing Logan Shaw, and Thunderstep, playing Adam Dipple. So, without further ado, grab a cup, bottle, glass, or can of your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy Monkeys Took My Jetpack, issue number 54, Stormfront. So, um, do we want to jump right into some Dresden? Whatever you want to do, sir. I could do Dresden, to be honest. I wouldn't mind finishing off Adam. Is he still... Oh, is he still in the... Oh, yeah, you still have some aspects, right? Just one. And I think we could do that right now, actually, and this would be sort of play, because we have a character here that you don't have a connection with yet, and I think we could probably establish one. So I'll stand back and let you guys get to it. I'm assuming you're talking about me. Yes. So, by the way, Thunderstep, my character and and Moondog's character have a rather antagonistic relationship. So uh, if you hear stuff and go, Jesus Christ, I thought these guys were buddies or something. Has he ever heard any of our dressed and... No, no, because I have... That's what's going up. Nobody has. You know what, y'all? Hey, you know... How do you really feel, sir? Fuck you, Shaw. Fuck you you. and everything you stand for. Hey, I... (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We don't get along. Oh, goodness. This is for you. This is for the horse you rode in. Yes. Uh, Oh, goodness. Okay. So, kids... I'll just leave the room. You talk amongst yourselves. Because you guys, when you went free range on building character connections earlier, we got awesome stuff out of it. So I'm just going to stay the hell out of your way. I play Logan Shaw, a white court vampire. I play, his name is Adam Dipple, and he is essentially a created being, a homunculus. Okay. Hey, what? I'll be nice. I'll go ahead and just read this. Phase one background. Adam was created in 1732 by the theologian come alchemist Johann Conrad Dippel. Adam was the masterpiece of Dippel's research in alchemical natures of both biology and the soul. I actually did some digging around on Wikipedia and found this guy. 
uh, Johann Dippel. And essentially, he was probably the alchemist that uh, Mary Shelley based Frankenstein off of. This was in Castle Frankenstein. Believe it or not, that's an actual castle. Dippel, the Johann, lost his faith altogether after years of bitter disputes with other Christian leaders, calling Christ an indifferent being. Dippel shifted all of his energy exclusively on his alchemical experiments. He set up a lab near Wittgenstein, which was eventually converted into a pub named after him. And it is at this point in his life that historical records are vague on his activities and thus grew folkloric in nature. During this time, at least one minister apparently accused Dippel of grave robbing, experimenting on cadavers in keeping with the devil. For the most part, Dippel kept to himself and his work, perhaps even eventually perpetuated the rumors that he had sold his soul to the devil in exchange for secret knowledge, as relying on his reputation as a dark sorcerer better enabled him to find audiences with those willing to pay for his knowledge. He died in 1734, probably from a stroke, though some contemporaries suspected poisoning. Ironically, a year before his death, he wrote a pamphlet in which he claimed to have discovered an elixir that would keep him alive until the age of 135. That's all from Wikipedia. Okay. Oh, wow. What I tagged on, while the stories of Dippel's activities hint at the truth, no one suspected that Johann had actually succeeded and created life from formerly lifeless matter. Using mixtures of sanctified clay as well as portions of cadavers, Dippel fashioned a body and infused it with alcohol energies learned through years of research. Adam was born, and Johann spent the few remaining years of his life pouring into his son, quote-unquote, and masterpiece all of his knowledge and philosophies. This lasted only two years before the untimely death of Johann by a severe stroke. This left Adam totally alone in the world, and he was ill-prepared to face the public, especially after the scant education offered by his now-deceased father. So Adam gathered up all of his father's things and snuck out into the night to try and find his way. That was background, phase one. That aspect from that, child of forgotten science. Phase two, rising conflict. Adam became an observer of humanity as he moved through Europe. Even though he was not overtly monstrous, Adam constantly felt disconnected from humanity and could see his presence had an effect on the moods of those around him. Using his father's books and works, Adam decided to set himself up as a scholar and began to rigorously self-educate in order to at least fit in somewhat with society. He began to acquire books at an astounding rate and soon turned to the arts of bookbinding and selling as a trade. It fit him well, his books carried with them a gravity that silenced most people, letting him interact with humanity while never becoming totally involved. It was in 1890 that he stumbled upon two written works that totally changed his world. The first was the children's book, The Adventures of Pinocchio, given to him by a little girl. She wanted to sell the book in order to get food to eat, and Adam was so touched by this that he refused to take the book, but instead read the story to the child every day while serving a light meal. The word soon spread among the homeless children, and soon Adam became a de facto defender of the children as he read to them and made sure they were fed. The second work was an obscure book called only Der Ansprechen Kulten. Ansprechen Kulten? Yes. Of Hadouns? Yes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Or The Unspoken Cults that he found delivered to his shop anonymously. Within, he found information about the hidden supernatural world of which he never formally knew other than his own little piece of it. A whole new world opened to him, and frankly, he did not like it one bit. Suddenly, he saw the signs and omens of these otherworldly beings moving about in the shadows, and Adam took it upon himself to make sure these beings would not dare to lay a hand on his charges. This caused him to come face to face with beings that most mortal men dreaded, But for some reason, Adam felt the need to protect the beings that his form mimicked. But in his mind, he knew he could never fully become. Adam could never become a real boy, so he would make damn sure that those that could would make it. 
aspect. The Gollum defends the children. Uh, then the story. Basically, here I just have shorthand notes. Meeting with David Mercury's daughter protected her from winter court thugs. Aspect not in my neighborhood. That's essentially where uh, Eric's character's daughter. Do I have that right? My niece. Yes. Yeah. Well, basically, being a kid, she decides to pack up, run away one night, and winds up at Adam's bookshop and did what he always does with kids or runaways. He feeds them, makes sure they're safe. If he can, he contacts their parents. But he found a couple winter court thugs tailing her. He didn't like that. So he went out into the night with a chain wrapped around his fist, laid one flat, the other two he grabbed by the throat, throttled them, and said, you gape out of my neighborhood. Those darn winter courts. Yeah. Yeah, this was during the uprising with the, uh, the so-called Winter Prince, who was empowering local hate groups with his winter magic in a bid for power. Gotcha. Oh, I guess I should explain. Well, Adam came over to America. He's been here for a while. He's kind of settled in uh, Isla del Oro in like the old manufacturing neighborhoods. He has his bookshop there. The bookshop is named Yegersil after the world tree. And for the most part, he lives a quiet, bookish life. He wants it to be quiet and bookish, but he's got crazy people like Josh's character that are constantly agitating to get him into the Paranet or get his shop accorded neutral territory. Well, meanwhile, Adam is just like, look, I just want to protect the kids here. I just want to protect this neighborhood. <laughs> if stuff comes into here, then I will deal with it. Okay. So my link with Eric's character is via his daughter. My link with Josh's character, Ezra, constantly tries to recruit Adam into the Paranet or make the shop accorded neutral territory. But the big thing with his shop, beyond books, he can get obscure, obscure texts and some occult items for different purposes. The aspect from that one is I can get that for you. Okay. So I just don't have a link with your character. Um... Let me say really quick, I do appreciate that you use the honest Reckon Colton as opposed to the overused Necronomicon in your background. Yeah, Necronomicon's used way too much. I always like the Panoptic manuscripts. That's another good one. I was also thinking about using the Book of Ebon. Book of Dizon is also good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Excuse us while we whip out the Cthulhu lore. <laughs> Among other things. I prefer which cults in the thirteenth and the sixteenth century. Well, you could always use the Malleus Malfactorium. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like their early work before they sold out. It's too commercial now. You like me. <laughs> I prefer my Necronomicon, the original Arabic, as opposed to the Greek translation, or God forbid, John D's woefully inadequate English translation. <laughs> no, it's nothing if you haven't <laughs> read in the original Klingon. <laughs> anyway, I think we've done that now. So no connections. You have a white court vampire. Yeah. I'm not sure how steep they are in the occult or the need for books or stuff like that. Nope. What emotional need do you feed off of? Depends on the character, because I feed off of different things when it comes to Eric's character. (laughs) (laughs) My main emotion is compassion, which would work really well with your interest in saving the kids. Would you even be able to feed off of something that's not even human? Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure about that. Well, I was thinking maybe we could tie it into his shop is in a location that I'm trying to develop. So I'm trying to convince him to move his shop. That would work because I picture his shop in an old rundown industrial area. There's a lot of old people and maybe some homeless and stuff in the area. I picture old Italian families and stuff might live there. 
old Mr. Giuseppe. Maybe they come to the shop and play chess with him from time to time. So my background's not as detailed as yours. I tend to go crazy with backgrounds. I'm sorry. I, I, I noticed. <laughs> well, I don't know if we need to know all of it on both sides anyway, so much as what can connect these characters, I what story should. could they have shared, that kind of thing. I probably shouldn't have read all of it. I just got hit. No, by it's it. good. No, I like to listen to people's backgrounds. We have several connections we can do. David's daughter, she's my niece because David married my sister. So that'd be one. We could connect on this whole defending children thing. Uh, we could connect on your shop being in an area I'm trying to develop. So I was going to say, if pressed, I mean, you would definitely know that his shop is not an official neutral ground, but his neighborhood. He likes going out at night with a chain and a hook wrapped around his fist, patrolling the streets. So he's a vigilante. Oh, yeah. And the old people in the neighborhood won't say a damn thing about it. I wouldn't either if I was an old person in the neighborhood. Because because protection is good. Yep. They're safe. Oh, GM, what are you thinking? Hmm. What intrigues you guys the most? Josh, Blind Geek, we've got you guys here. What's your input? Well, I think you've already got the connection indirectly because of the fact that you're her uncle. Yeah, I mean... But I would rather find something more direct with the character. Oh, I don't need another antagonist. I mean, I don't need another character hating me. Sure you do. It's good for your self-esteem. I thought, you know, he's the defender (laughs) of children. I'm the manipulator of them. Well, I was going to say, if you're going for the gentrification, because it sounds like you buy a property to kind of... I do. Okay. He's a land speculator that comes in every week trying to... Buy out his store. I can honestly say this. Adam would not care if you gentrified the neighborhood or not as long as you leave his shop alone. His whole mindset is, look, you want to gentrify the neighborhood? Fine. But I ain't moving. Okay. Come on. So you ain't going to get like... a better deal than this. Eventually, you're going to have yep. to sell. And I want to own the shop, so. How about this? You give me money to fix up my shop, and I stay. Well, I think we can role play that. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that's our connection, GM, sir. That works. And especially if you guys think it's got potential for role play, I'd say that could even make a good aspect for Adam's character. I'm not moving. There you go. That's a good aspect for it. Yeah, that's a good aspect. How's this sound? Logan Shaw wants to gentrify the neighborhood and buy Adam's bookshop, Yggdrasil, but Adam refuses while supporting the gentrification of the rest of the block to help the kids and families there. Yeah, I'm good with that. Too right. An aspect, I'm not moving. Oh, one thing I want to remind you guys of, speaking of aspects, when we created the city, we created a citywide aspect, and that is fault lines, the juxtaposition of opposites, and the tension caused by that that's mm. um, pre- prevalent that's right. through the city. So don't forget, you guys, if you need something or if you have some way that you think that can tie in, that's a general theme of the city and of this campaign. Sounds interesting. You got. I was just saying, it's interesting. You're the defender of children, and he's the manipulator of children. You would think that would be. He's not pulling a Fagin, so you know. I manipulate all. Well, that's true. Especially you. Fault lines, man. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's his fault, and that's where I draw the line. Oh, I. Oh God. That was very murder. That was very your feet. That was something out of a bad Stallone movie, wasn't it? Yeah, that that was. Sounds like. That was a very <laughs> you need a little more one. gravel in the voice there. It's, it's his, his fault, fault, and that's where I draw the line. Where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you bastards. Who wants a fate point for starting off our summary 
and getting everybody up to speed. This is probably going to be a collaborative effort because if you guys are anything like me, you have minds like steel sieves. Oh. I sure as hell can't recap because I have no idea. We went to a prison, ran into a big nasty monster, laughed, came back and almost got our butts kicked. A friend of mine who lives in the same boarding house as I do got caught up in this weird California-ish cult. We went and took care of that. We found out that they might have some connection to some big, otherworldly, evil, nasty, elder alien thing called the Castanyantic. Bless you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say that's something that Adam would definitely know because you were running all over doing all kinds of research and getting books. And Yes, I was looking for information about demon possession, dreams and nightmares and that sort of thing. In the course of that adventure, we got wrapped up with the I can get she you. named I can get Jirlian you. He was uh, banished from the Summer Court. He is in charge of the Selkies. He's kind of a noble fae, kind of a duke level. Lord of the Green Isle. I am not in his debt. He got some strange kind of hold on me, but it's not really been established what. So we cleared up that cult, but now we're, we're concerned about the casted on Yantic's incursions. We tracked where he's getting a foothold on our world out to an old abandoned insane asylum slash prison. Out in the desert, we hopped into the Never Never there. It's a whole bunch of big old nasty tentacles that seem to be draining power from the earth, channeling it elsewhere through the tentacles out into the city. And we blew that up really good. Somewhere there was some, what the hell is that stuff called? Mordite. Thank you. Mordite was in this big old machine magic gate at the cult's compound. That's the soul stuff, right? Yeah, that's the sphere of annihilation stuff, yeah. Yeah. It was mixed with the soul stuff. Eventually, you guys figured out that this machine that people were strapped into was designed to somehow extract soul stuff, sending it probably through a deep gate into the never-never somewhere far beyond. And it looked like maybe a byproduct of that or some waste product was turning some of this stuff into Mordite. All right, there you go. The prison that we visited out in Megillah Flats used a little like geomancy and orgone manipulation that kind of recreated a paramatic prison of the damned, apparently keeping what we Seem to think keeping the cast in Anyantic or something else nasty in prison that it was being weakened until we took care of it. And the Pitcairns, they are the ones that own that property currently, is that correct? They were the founders. Well, they were the financial backers when the place was being built. Okay. And the Pitcairn family provided a lot of money for it, but they're one of the founding families of the city, so they did that with okay, a so lot of things. Did that. But you found out that Mr. Pitcairn at the time, I believe it was Thaddeus Pitcairn, I got um, Robert, but okay. Okay, those Robert Pitcairn. Well, oh, those you. are the current ones. And the Robert wife, and Jessica. Jessica. Robert and Jessica yes. are the current Pitcairn. Current ones. Yep. Current ones. Anyway, the head of the Pitcairn family at the time actually had directly designed most of this. There's certainly some magical other outre science stuff going on with that prison. Almost built like an orgone accumulator type thing, it looked like. Yeah, Robert and Jessica Pitcairn are the current ones. And I think one of our plans here was to go and snoop about them. They have yep, I have that on my list. Plus, they have a suspiciously sinister-sounding name. <laughs> Try saying that three times fast. Suspiciously oh. sinister-sounding name. Suspiciously sinister. They adopted a young girl from Eastern Europe around the time of all that fast, but it's pretty impressive anyway. Now, did you, you mention had... our connection to the wardens? I oh. am a deputy warden currently. All the responsibility and none of the power. I don't even get the cool sword and cape. And we should probably tell him some of the aspects about the city since he has been there for some time as his character has and you would probably know about some of this stuff 
there is a restaurant which we frequent called Alistair's Restaurant. You can get anything you want there, pretty much. Except for young it's children. <laughs> but you can't get my coffee. <laughs> it's kind of along similar lines, though not carbon copy of McNally's. It's neutral. Yeah, I don't know about that, but it is a core neutral territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an old Airstream trailer yeah, turned into a oh, diner. So it's like a 50s diner type. Yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. Old man well, I didn't, like I said, I didn't say it was exactly the same. I just thought it was like a bar. Adam has a thing for antique. So there's his, his, there's his connection with Logan. Logan's an antique in and of himself. You call it antiques. I grew up with this stuff. Oh, love your car then. <laughs> and Alistair, the uh, short order cook slash proprietor there. He um, may or may not be Crowley. Yeah, he may or may not be Alistair Crowley, but he calls you Mr. Dipple. And when you first met him, you could have sworn he called you Junior. That really would have thrown him off. But he's never repeated it. Can they sit and debate alchemical philosophy? No, he's too busy cooking. The best sauerkraut I've ever had outside of Germany. Yes. <laughs> It's that kind of place. Yes. Now, you guys had debated going to check out the pit cairns, but had decided instead to focus on the realtor. Thompson, Ooh, evil and Smiling Jack. Smiling Jack. Messianic creature, creature white. Wait. Well, here's an easy thing. If you want to bring Adam into this, if you don't mind the suggestion. No, uh, please. Okay. So you're going to be looking up info on a realtor and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, you could either meet, hash things out at the 50s diner, or you could come to the bookstore that's notorious for finding anything and has some damn good coffee. Coffee that will grab you by the throat, smack you around for a while, and then keep you awake for eight days straight. Good coffee. Not only will it keep you awake, but you can clean your gun with it, too. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. You don't drink this coffee. This coffee allows you to sip it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're working on Logan, trying to get us into... One of Jack Thompson's partners because Logan is the wheeler and dealer. So I'll say that I set a me- up a meeting with Jack Thompson at the coffee shop because we both have interest in that land. Yes, because I don't want to meet him. <laughs> well, you better be there. You wanted the meeting. No, we wanted to sneak into one of his parties so we could snoop around his house. Oh, yeah, but we should meet him first. Oh, I was going to be your publicist or something, I believe, was the – Yeah. yeah. That's right. I'm, I'm your publicist and – that was our cover. And I was going to be his... No, you're not good enough to be my bodyguard. You're going to be, you know, one of my... Um, I could be your long-lost pal. Oh, you, could be, <laughs> you could be a foreman from my construction crew. There you go. I'm wondering if Adam could get us the uh, building plans for the Thompson Mansion. If it's an old historical building, I can get that for you. How old and historical is this building? How many yum-yums do you have? None. Wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's located up in the Heights, the rich neighborhood, and that's a lot of stuff that goes back to the pre-colonial period almost. So, there are mansions up there that belong to the original Spanish lords and stuff who settled this area. I mean, they're so, as old as the Mission Trail. Chances are I'd probably have something on that. Good. Another reason to go visit Adam. Hey, I know who we can visit. Adam. You know, the golem? Uh, <laughs> who the looks guy like with the bookstore. The Frankenstein, who looks, yeah. Who looks like Ving Rhames. Yeah. <laughs> I was planning on making him a visit here in the next few days. Just a big softy. He's, it's all bluff and... Bluff. It's all bluff and posing. He's not really as mean and grumpy as he appears. Good, maybe he'll sell his store eventually to me. Unlikely. Unlikely. Then he is mean as he appears. <laughs> well, perhaps. Big historical mansion. I like can probably find us the old building plans to it, which will help us when we sneak in on the party. 
Well, we go to the party. Or more accurately, it'll even help us sneak out afterward. We can anybody can get those plans. We're going to go to one of his parties, then like we're going to schlep off and try and find, you know, and snoop around his library and whatnot and try and see, find evidence for his connection. This whole thing. I bet not anybody, not just anybody, could. You just go down to the courthouse. Let's see Victor get him. Not a problem. Victor have him within uh, 24 hours. Yeah, but he wouldn't be able to. have to be filed with the city, sir. He wouldn't be able to read them, though. I didn't say he So this argument is going on (laughs) as the bell rings. Hello, be with you in a minute. I'm commencing my daily battle with the espresso machine. I'll stand over here. I'm not going to help if I'm over there. Good point. Yeah, don't do anywhere near the coffee machine. Corner table to sit at. (laughs) A dark corner. You can yeah. put your hood up. Have I shaken off my moderate mental? Oh, no, it's oh. a moderate. Has that reduced down to a... No, mild? yes. But you know what will really help you? Coffee, probably. Yeah, some <laughs> strong coffee. Because my mild, my mental, my thing is cannot see straight, so yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think I beat it into submission. What can I... Oh, it's you guys. Well, good to see you too, Adam. How you doing, Logan? I'm doing very well. Have you reconsidered my offer? Yeah. I have. Great. Uh, give me a different answer than the last one. Yet. Damn it. I'll double uh. it. <laughs> I'll triple double. it. You'll triple it? Yeah. You know, if you take that money and put it into my shop, it'd make a good bookshop for the neighborhood. But I want to put a laundromat in. You'll lose my coffee. I don't oh drink Oh, my God. Logan, are you a monster? What the hell? <laughs> what? <laughs> I can make money off... Okay. I say cradling, like, you keep cradling the coffee I'll like it's the holy grail. <laughs> if I get 20% of all your profit. 10. Oh, man. 15. 10. Um, 14. 10. Okay. Fate point to <laughs> Logan and to Adam for playing your aspects and your connection here to the hilt. Speaking of not being able to see straight as well. <laughs> As yeah. you stumble over to get some coffee, or after you get the coffee, actually, I'll hold out a fate point to you for this one. If you collide with the young woman in the hoodie after you get your coffee. Absolutely. So I'm holding out the fate point, and I'm kind of compelling this one, but you can tell me how that works out. I'm cradling the coffee like it's the Holy Grail, gingerly sipping it like, oh, yeah, it's good. I'm still kind of dizzy from blasting giant space monsters. Mm-hmm. which I totally did, and also there are some explosives and grenades, but still. So I knock into her, and I cartoon, like, juggle the coffee, try not to spill it on her, but I end up sloshing it all over whatever books she was holding. Ooh, <sighs> that, oh, God, what is wrong with you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I've had a really rough couple of days, and I had some minor severe brain damage. Save and it, I'm okay? Sorry. You know what? I don't care. Jesus. Uh, she shakes out this big handwritten vellum tome that she's covering. It's dripping with coffee now. Ooh, uh, don't let Adam she, see that. She slaps <laughs> it down on Adam's table. Wherever you do business behind, is it a desk? Is it a – what is it? The way I picture the bookstore is that, yeah, it's like an old battered desk with a coffee machine, ancient espresso machine behind it. The bookstore is laid out where you have old batter shelves and stuff, and there are different spots set up with chairs of all different types. Basically, this is like scavenger's paradise. Nice. I hang out there. Nice, comfy chairs and everything. But Adam's going to look at the book and look up. Miss, did you buy these yet? 
Oh, no, you know, I brought this in to read it. Fuck it, you can have it now. She draws her hood up around her face, zips it shut almost all the way violently, pulls on the draw cord. Ma'am. And ma'am. Uh, turns and just stomps out. I was going to offer to buy her dry cleaning. Oh, I didn't get it on her clothes. Well, it would at least be something nice that I could do for her, Ezra. I got a way with women, don't I? Women, machines. You have your way with everything. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, God, I can't be agreeing with you. No. Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um, Adam, you recognize her also. You remember her from five or six years ago or something. She came in here, fresh-faced Iowa kid off the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, ran away to be a movie star or something like that. Immediately fell into the meat grinder that you would expect. Right. And washed up on your porch. And you, you haven't seen her in like five years. First time she comes in, that's what happens. I All right, guys. You mess up my shop, I break your legs. I go out after her. Oh, he's leaving the shop alone? Yes, he is. Rock on. Uh-huh. I, I'm taking a seat. <laughs> uh, I'm looking to see what the books are that I kind of ruined. <laughs> uh, it's just one very large, like 12 by 13. It's like a weird size vellum, you know, like thick vellum pages, some yes. sort of weird brocaded cover, you know, red silk marker in there. It looks like it was quite nice. Oh. You should pay for that, Ezra. <laughs> I can't pay for this. Do I remember that Why girl's can't you name? Pay for it? I don't have much money. I'll cover it. Hmm. You all know, no, no, that's all right. I'll figure out something. It's the right thing to do. You shouldn't be destroying other people's property. Well, then I'll I'll clean it up for her. And you made what, Adam what, mad. Yeah. Does it say? Well, that's not hard. Yeah. <laughs> something tells me own, owing money to a member of the white court is not. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I know. I, I, I dealt <laughs> okay. with the white. Court. Trying to take care of your problems. I'll <laughs> take care of it. Don't worry. What? What is there any title on the cover? Uh, no, it's it's blank. In fact, it's but it's brocaded in like an intricate pattern. I will open it up. All right, and uh, yeah, you remember her name? It was like it was like a boy's name and like a comedian. <laughs> Chris, that show about nothing. Jerry. Uh, something. Seinfeld. Yeah, something like that. It wasn't Seinfeld, but it was something like that. Jerry. You haven't seen her in like six years. Ellen. You guys are not Adam's brain. I, I just, is it? Uh, is oh, it I thought Ellen? Talking, I'm sorry. Could it be Ellen? It could be. You don't. You're. You're not sure. Well, miss, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Please wait. She's walking down the street rapidly toward a very nice sedan that's waiting, idling, which is unusual in this neighborhood. Idling by the sidewalk with the door open. She's got to be actively ignoring me because a big black guy trying to get someone's attention. I know one thing I wouldn't forget. Mm-hmm. Miss, you ordered a cafe mochiato the first time you came into my shop and then I gave you my Turkish coffee. Could you please stop for a second? She stops, turns, and looks at you. And now you remember why you remember her. She's got a striking face. She has these haunting blue-green eyes framed by not really blonde hair, but it's gold movie blonde. Even in the hoodie and sort of distraught looking, there's just something sort of unearthly about her beauty. And Um, one of the town is not unearthly beautiful? Goodness. Well, I walk. (laughs) Yeah, there's plenty. There's McBill. There's uh, a lot of the other people. But yeah, dude, this is California, and it's not very far from Hollywood. True. 
Fair enough. I walk up to her and it's, like, it's been five, six years. I'm sorry if I forgot your name, but I never forget anybody's drink. I'm so sorry that <laughs> happened in my shop. That would also be a good ass. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> nice. I never forget a drink. Now, these aspects are not set in stone, so you certainly, if that ends up becoming useful or you like it, you can change that whenever you like. So she stops, looks at you, shudders for a moment, and says, we don't need this one. We'll get to it later. And backs away from you as if frightened towards the sedan. Um, I was going to ask how everything's been going for you. Are you sure you're okay? You'll have your place when the new world rises. If she just slips in the car and drives away, the first thing no, Adam she says... she turns to... You can tell, by the way, she's ducking her shoulder and everything. You know what it looks like when a person's turning to sprint away. She's going to throw herself in the car. I didn't think I was that ugly, miss. The door slams. The car peels out. One of these ghosts, silver, gray, like Mercedes Q-class, you know, one of those ultra-luxury sedans peels out and roars away with an engine like a purring tiger. It's a new car. Oh, yeah. I got no use for it. Inside, you guys hear the car peel out. You see it go flashing by, probably at like 80 miles an hour. Jesus, Logan, what'd you do to... I didn't do nothing to her. I go walking back to the shop. There's a lively discussion happening. I've been flipping through this book. Yeah. So, inside... There's a story about, man, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's really compelling. Why don't you... I haven't read that much of it. I'm just trying to get a title and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You just kind of started flipping through it, and it immediately grabbed your attention. Ah. So give me a conviction roll, please. Four. Uh, Um, I I changed my high concept from Bohemian Wizard to DIY Wizard. Oh, okay. That's right, I forgot about that. You got 10 pages into it just in that moment, you realized, and then you realized that you didn't really know that you were paging through it so rapidly. This is about how to reach the Kastadon Yantik through your dreams. What? <laughs> well, that's going straight in the messenger bag. So how, how badly did the coffee damage it is the other question. Not bad at all. It's got this really thick cover and when i said brocaded i mean it's covered in fabric that is brocaded almost like it has a thick tapestry over this cover showing a particular image or just pattern a weird intricate kind of escheresque pattern fractals Fractals. yeah possibly it does look like it's self-similar on a lot of scales and it's so interesting do i come in the shop when i see him stuffing that in his bag absolutely Hey, guys, so apparently I, I hope you're planning on paying for that, Ezra. It was hers. I was going to get back to her once I find her. Yeah, and she told me I could have it, and I didn't get a chance to set a price on it yet. I hope you plan on paying for that, Ezra. <sighs> yes? He ruins it and steals from you. I was going to, I was going to give it back to her. I could find her. Oh, well, by the way, apparently, according to her, I have a place in the New World Order. Like yeah, that's funny because this book... Like I haven't a, heard that crap before. One every couple of years, isn't there? Mm. No, guys, you ever hear of a significant moment? Coincidence? This book is about our friend the Castanon Yantic. Really? Stuff. What? You got uh, me interested. 
I don't believe well, in coincidences. You might want to spell it out to David, though, because he well, gets believe, confused easily. Well, believe it or not, Adam, there's this big otherworldly – you know how I was asking you the other day about information, trying to find people on the paranet with stuff about demon possession and all that? Well, that's regarding the Castanyantic, which is this big, nasty uh, outsider from Atlantean times. He's making incursions into the uh, All into big, our world. squid-headed, tentacled thing. Well, we don't, haven't seen the head yet, but there are tentacles. Did she get in a car or anything? Yeah, she got in that silver monstrosity and ripped down the street. Was there anybody else in the car? Yeah, you saw a driver waiting for her. Did you get a was license I, plate? There wasn't a plate. There was yeah, no hello, plate. hello, wizard. I've got a item of hers here. Oh, yeah. You can't How do you know her. that? Whoa, 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 whoa. Put the book on the table. All right. Ezra? Yes? I'm surprised you haven't blown yourself up by now. Uh, you'd be surprised often I hear that. <laughs> yeah. This is very good coffee, by the way, and it really is helping with the uh, brain hemorrhaging. Well, it does that. You're telling me that some squid-tentacled old god has been messing with you lately? Yeah. Good. And this, this uh, more than book, one occasion, actually. Okay, and this book is relating directly to the squid-tentacled old god thing. Yes. And you have a place in his world. Wonderful. I'm so happy. You sure you don't want to take my deal? Are we sure this book isn't made out of human skin? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's, it's not leather. It's brocade. Yes, but that girl came into my shop five, six years ago. Right. Okay. How do you know this is hers? Look, if you've been messing around with some old god or something, they've probably been watching you. This might have been a drop to mess you guys up. So don't go trying any of your like fancy wizard mumbo-jumbo on this stuff without knowing exactly what it is. I think the evil god wants your shop. The evil god can kiss my rear right behind you. You should, you should sell it to me. So Look, I've, had direct metal contact. I've had direct metal contact with this thing a couple times and come out of it with nothing more than a, ma- than a well, fairly significant headache. But he Shut up and drink your But he claps like goo every time. Hey, Ezra? I channeled the force of gravity and electromagnetism through my body on an alternate plane. Excuse me. Ezra? He chucked some grenades. Ezra? Yes? Shut up and drink your coffee. I, I will drink the coffee, but not because you told me to, but because... How much do you want for the book, Adam? Look, if this is something tied to some kind of old god that's messing around in the neighborhood, I'll be nice. I won't charge you guys for it, but... Only yeah. if you let me in on what's going on. If this is something threatening my neighborhood, I want to know. It's threatening more than your neighborhood. Give me the, give me the details. What Squidhead want with the area? <laughs> you trying know, to figure David, that out exactly. Um, you are a former cop, he said, holding out a fate point. Why, yes, I am. Not a very good one, but okay. Damn. Good enough to get your sister. Double damn. <laughs> she was a tramp. Wow. I'm a white court vampire. I have no feeling for my sister. <laughs> well, if you did, you'd be a different kind of white court vampire. <laughs> so anyway. Okay, I take the fate. I, I was a former cop. I appreciate the fate point. I'm just not sure what to do with it because I don't know what you're compelling necessarily about my former copitude. Well, think about how a former police detective uh, might respond in this situation, especially with someone maybe about to lay down the whole story. 
I'm not entirely well, sure either, which is why it's not a vape one. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with him. I mean, there's not a whole lot here to... Hey, I'm the deputy warden. My jurisdiction. Yeah, that's... that's. Yeah. Are you whipping out your deputy warden badge again? I don't have the deputy... They didn't give me a badge. They gave me nothing. <laughs> so in Did that... at least give you the decoder he, he knows the secret handshake. Which All right. Decoder? At least part of it. In that in that instance, since I feel like if anyone would be objecting to the whole story being doled out here, it would be the deputy warden. So I must rescind. Uh, no problem. Fate point. You can pass on a fate point. But then I have to give one up. Wait, I have to give one back to you. Yes, you do. So, yes. But I don't know what I'm compelling. I don't know what. Ah. That that is true. You kind of got to give him an actual compel for him to turn down. Oh, okay. I was thinking more would influence kind of his his reaction here. So you know what? Let's just let that one go, chalk it up to experience, and move on. Okay. Don't worry about paying me an extra one. Fair enough. Anyway, yeah, pay me one. <laughs> Adam's, a, I, I know. Yeah, I know Adam's a man to know, and he's a mover and shaker. And even though he might not get involved in politics, he's got a lot of I hate politics, cachet, and whatnot. So, are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I can trust him in a fight. Look at him. Oh, he's big and strong and powerful. But he's more likely to hit me in the back, I, I feel. Well, I have, I have never said that I would hit you in the back. <laughs> Great. Well, hit me in the face, then. It's more likable. Logan, Logan, I got no problem with you gentrifying the neighborhood. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I'm not, it's just not enough. I am not selling my shop. I'm not moving. Hunter shop. I, I, I agree to give you money. You just got to give me more of a percent. Give me 11. We'll talk about it after the squid-headed thing is taken care of. Yeah, and then you'll go down to eight. And we no. won't have a shop to worry about because we'll all be blown up. All right. Well, there's more motivation for me to come along and help you now, isn't That's there? That's true. That's true. So anyway, yeah, the Cassid on Yantic, this all started when a girl that lives in the same house I do went and ran off rejected? with some... Ran off some crazy cult. What? Well, that's a new breakup line for you. <laughs> I did I'm not. Good Lord, we weren't dating. She wasn't my girlfriend. Everyone thinks this. Oh, anyway. saying that, but we all know the truth. She could barely stand me. Neither can we, but we still hang out with you. Aha. Ah. Anyway, yeah, cast it on Yantic. She chose a squid head over you. No. She chose the guy that was worshipping the squid head over not me. Yeah, okay, fine. Over me. At any rate... Anyway, yeah, so Captain Yantic comes back from the days of Atlantis. I uh, had a widespread cult in those days, 5,000 years ago. He was driven off, sealed away. He still reaches out of influence over the years, uh, usually appearing in people's dreams. He sponsors magic, kind of making Faustian deals with people. But now it looks like he's getting a pretty strong foothold on, on our reality. He was sponsoring, apparently, the magic of the person who was running the cult. We think we found a place where he was sealed out, out in the never-never, out in the desert. Can I point something out? It prophesized to return. But, yes, please. You have a giant squid-headed, I don't know if it's a squid-headed, you have a giant old god thing. Right. All right. People of Atlantis worshipped it, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So, let's see here. We're on a coastline, which means that we probably have easy access to the water, which means that, hmm, we have, yeah, exactly, probably easy link to this thing. Now, you also say that it attacks people in dreams or influences them in dreams? 
Why do most people come to California? To follow their dreams. And what do they call Hollywood? Um, the Dream Factory. Do they? Okay, very good. I worry about you, Ezra. I really do. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of. Don't watch a lot of movies. I don't watch a lot of movies. I stick to the old black and white stuff, and yet even I know that phrase. The last time it was used was 1936. I don't yeah, recall. Well, that. hey, I don't think old gods keep up with the times either. Um, so basically, rate, yes. you have this is a perfect area for this squid thing yes, to is. come in to come in and take over. So we need to stop it. Exactly. So oh, what I've been trying I, to do. Okay, that's wonderful. But why is it coming up now? I don't know. Although I'm starting to suspect that it's been leeching power off another spirit. I'm getting vibes that there might be some old Earth spirit involved in here that he's leeching power from. I don't have any real evidence on that other than just a gut feeling and just anecdotal stuff I've run into. You want me to see if I can find a book on Earth spirits or stuff like that in the area? There's got to be some Native American stories and stuff. That would like be great, around. actually, especially anything kind of serpentine. Serpentine, serpentine. That's almost getting into Aztec territory. Mega snake. Good snake. I think I can. All right. Can I compel myself? Yeah, I forget the technical term for that, but I it's believe called you self, can. It's called a, they actually self-compel. Just call it a self-compel in, in, <laughs> right. in uh, State Corps now. All right. Ezra, I can get that for you. I go back into. My version of an inventory. What is this? Because I'm picturing a cavern-like space lined with bookshelves, leaning at all angles and cobwebs and all kinds of stuff. And there's a master folio that's written in Latin. Nice. If you know Latin, you might be able to figure out where everything is, but... So I break out the master folio, start going through it, cross-reference, and then start digging through the shelves, trying to find a book on ancient uh, Earth spirits, especially of Native American, possibly South American, given the links, uh, especially with California. Okay, guys, help me out here real quick. He did a self-compel, which, if I remember correctly, would ordinarily add plus two to his roll. Okay. I think it just gives him the fate points. Wait, yeah, we're, what we're, he wants can I... I don't yeah. want to be Mr. Rules jockey annoying. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. So if I did something wrong, let me know. Okay. <laughs> I think what you meant and was uh, in self-invoke. Invoking is when you use your aspect in a positive way. Compelling is when you use your aspect in a negative yeah. way. Yes. Okay, okay, cool. So what's that do for him? Well, it sounds like this was more of a tagging for effect kind of thing. He was... Yeah. Because he's not really He's not really doing anything that brew putting himself in a... Good. And I want to avoid, you know, numbers and stuff wherever I can because typically that's, you know, that's good. Let me take a quick look. Okay, using it to declare a fact or circumstance. All right. I thought it was basically like I invoke and boom, it's there. And it looks like that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So an aspect can be used either to influence a role, which Mm -hmm. that's where the plus two comes into play. Yep. Um, or I knew there was something else. Yeah. Or it can be used like he just did for tagging for effect if you know. Um, and you can compel for the by the same way. You can compel. Like at, I did with uh, Josh's character. Yeah. I mean, thing. you can actually make a character. Oh, what's a good example? Let's say you've got a clumsy aspect mm-hmm. um, and you're chasing someone. You can hurt, hold out a fate point and say you trip over. Uh, display and go sprawling to the ground and he gets away. 
or at least he gets maybe not gets away. That may be. It depends on how key the person on, they're on chasing. What you want to do with right, it, right, yeah. right. So at the very least, he gets further away. My point is, you can actually avoid dice rolling with a compel, which is exactly what I w- was hoping to do with this. Yeah. Awesome. So he just used it in a positive way, but you can do the same thing in a negative way uh, if you yep. want. And that would be a compel. His was invoking or tagging. As long as the effect is okay. Exa- I don't right, know right, right. Term. Okay. Oh, Josh, Ezra was looking through there. You realized it was about the Costadon Yontic because it's about reaching this ancient power that can understand your wishes through dreams and will help the universe manifest what you want. Through your dreams, and it makes a lot of references to the ancient Atlanteans and a lot of the same terminology and stuff like that that you read in the research that Rosetta Marshall pointed out to you. Nowhere is written the name Castadon Yantic. Okay, but it's got the same Ballywick as the Castadon Yantic. Yes. But it does not actually list that name. And you had discovered that the name Castadon Yantic was in fact... anyway. Right. It cannot be written by or spoken by that thing or those things under its control. Just like the World War II, we use the word Lollapalooza to weed out Japanese infiltrators. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's pretty awesome. If that is something you made up, that is absolutely brilliant. I cannot say the word Lollapalooza. (laughs) Well, yes. That L sound doesn't really exist in Japanese. So, yeah, of course you have books about this. This area is one of the areas with the longest record of human habitation, archaeologically speaking. Isla Verde, this big, like, it's like a nature preserve and stuff now. But it's got sites that go back 5,000 years, Mm. if not more. The Chumash were the tribe that were living here around the time the Spanish showed up, put paid to them before... White people came in and mocked up the last remnants of an ancient culture. They knew of a pair of great serpents that lived under this whole area. And uh, they bore it up. And their movements, when they stirred occasionally, were what caused earthquakes. And the two of them also, there's some stories about different heroes going down there and getting stuff from them. But they're generally viewed as uh, not sinister at all, but rather like ancient earth spirits that like if you can get to them and if you can talk to them, they're sympathetic to people and they'll help you out. North American Indian serpent was a wisdom animal, not sinister at all. Says Ezra leaning over your shoulder. Yes, I do. I'm going to thump you on the head, boy. (laughs) You know you're not allowed back in here. I thought we were a team. We are a team, but these are my private shelves. All right, all right. Come back. What the hell are you talking about with the Shumash? Well, again, I've been getting this vibe about some serpent spirit that the Kostadontic may have been leeching off of. and if We've got two big serpent spirits here. Yeah, but what's really catching my interest is this part here where it talks about people going down to meet said spirit. I need to find out where they go to do that. It says it's possible. Yeah, which means it's been done. Yeah, but you have a nasty habit of rubbing people the wrong way. Absolutely untrue. Lots of friends. You have me. I have you. I have everyone over at the Gomez house. David likes me. Logan? Not sure about Logan. Logan, I'm not sure, likes anybody. I like you, Adam. I like Logan. I, got I like 11%. Against. Well, what the hell are you doing in my back? <laughs> All right, everybody out. I, didn't I heard my there. name. I have excellent hearing. 
Yes, I know you do. <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> Everybody, out, 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 out. Hey, what's going on over here? I, I heard somebody talking about... <laughs> oh, hey, David. Hey, look at this book. I'm the Chumash tribe. Chumash tribe. Nice. I'm, for the love of God, I'm going <laughs> to... All right, I'm putting an actual door in here instead of this damn curtain. Everybody out. Where the Lord needs me to be, I will be, whether there's a door or a curtain. Well, the Lord doesn't need you in my back room. Apparently he does, because here I am. Can't argue with the facts, Adam. Oh, my God. You still don't even have me convinced that God exists, all right? Everybody, out. I don't even have me convinced God exists. <laughs> That's the supernatural golem. <laughs> I could be an atheist if I damn well want to. Besides, lightning bolts won't do crap to me. God, I was kidding. You better hope. I think the gun kind of speaks for itself. Wait, I don't know if Adam would know about That's oh. fine. He he just says that, and then Adam can infer what he wants. Whatever. Everybody out. We can talk about <laughs> oh, shut up. Move it. <laughs> you got any donuts to go with this coffee? You people hurt my brain. You're closer to a Gumby than we are. You're Call me Gumby again, boy. <laughs> Ooh, hey, he's their bad cop. <laughs> I'll go into that book and go upside your head. You can call me Gumby again. All right, I'll, I'll give you a like, pokey you won't freaking believe. I was just going to say, I'm going to start being a little bit less pokey and heading out of the store. Do it, do it. Say it again. Listen, you blockheads. Blockheads are also here. Yeah, I, I, yes. <laughs> anyway, I get that. Um, I'll give you free donuts if you get the hell out of my back room. <laughs> you guys are out, okay? <laughs> oh, now that's a compel of former cop right there. No. <laughs> Ezra, cast your spell. I don't have a spell to cast yet. I need to find out where these Shumash heroes of old went to go meet the Indians. Do we have a name on these Indians? He hasn't these memorized movies? his spells yet for the day. You know how this works. Wrong. I'm not a Vancian caster. Yeah, you need your Ioun stones in order to pull that off. <laughs> right, the Magnificent Prismatic Spear. Yes. Did we have a name on those serpents? No, they call them the Great Serpents. Great Serpents. They're original, those Shumash. The, the twin Great Serpents that when they rub against each other, they caused earthquake. They have a name in the language, but it's literally a translation of the Great Serpents. Hey, Adam, do you have any Lovecraft in this store? Of course I do. What do you need? Well, I was just thinking a lot of this stuff sounds very Lovecraftian. Maybe I should bone up on my HP. Tell you, tell you what, if we're talking about snake gods, you want a copy of the great god Yig. Give me a second. I could find that. <laughs> you know, the uh, White Council released the Necronomicon to reduce its power. That's why it's useless now as a spell book. True story. You realize the Necronomicon that's been released is off of a faulty copy. No, no, no. No, that's, again, part of the disinformation. But now that because it was originally real, but, you know, magical tomes and formula spells like that have a limited amount. And so if only a couple people use them, bam, super powerful. If everyone uses them, that magic gets spread out, and it doesn't work anymore. That's why they released the Necronomicon to reduce its power. Just tell me if there's some guy wandering around with a chainsaw for a hand. Yeah, no, that's something completely different. Okay. At any rate, I need to find out the location of where these old Shumash heroes went down, if we can find them. Because like I said, it's my theory and belief, and from what I've seen, that the Castadon Yantic, whose name I should probably stop saying, (laughs) well, well, no, that's not true, because that's not his actual name. Say it five times and summon them. There we go. No, it's not his real name. Taking a step to the left. And then make a jump to the right. We need to catch up with that girl. That girl? Can you run 80 miles an hour? I think he can, actually. He might be able to, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but can you follow the vapor trail of that car? Look, we've been standing around here talking. That's why he's got to cast a spell. can't. Ezra. Ezra. Yes? 
Hello. You want to know the location where these guys found? And yes, I do, because if I can actually get to the serpents themselves, we might be able to cut them off from the Castellan Yantic at the source. And Wonderful. those serpents have been very helpful to me. They think they've been lending me some of their power. Right. You no, I do. I have. I've been feeling... Look, my you, main thing... You've been thing feeling is, all serpenty lately? Is that what you're telling me? Look, my main thing is... I don't know. When he was in the casino last, he was throwing snake eyes off enough. Look, my main thing is earth magic, okay? That's where my most of my training and power comes from, is earth magic. And I, let me tell you, when I've been tapping in to the earth's energy, I've been feeling something else there giving me a boost up. All right, all right. Can I look that up? Can I help him? Actually, here's where I think I can offer a compel to you, Mr. Mercury, because you're amazed how much you don't know, and these people are standing around yammering while important information, which is in a stack of books right there on the table in front of you. Ah, that I will take the fate point, and I will go, and while they're talking about this, I'm going to start flipping through the books, push past, yep, you know, for a fate point. Because you always want to push past Logan. I'm taking the fate point. I'm going to do it, A, I'm taking a fate point for it, and B, it kind of fits in with his anger issues, although he's not. I push past Adam to get to the books that I need to read while they're having the discussion. Could I push one of the books toward him? Yeah, absolutely. It falls off the table and lands at your feet. David's feet. Yep. Okay, I've been down. And while I'm arguing with the other idiots, I just point to that book for (laughs) David. (laughs) Oh, here, I thought he was going to try and stop me because I pushed past him, and he's like, here, here's the one. That's funny. Okay. Who you call an idiot? The man that wants 11%. I'm not a man. The I'm, woman that wants 11%. I'm not. Okay, so you... I'm going to um, go sit in a comfy chair. <laughs> <laughs> While they're arguing, this is during yeah. some of this Pretty some much. of this back talk. When it fell, it fell face down, binding up, open, with one page kind of bent back from Sounds the way like, it fell. Sounds like God's work. Yep. And smoothing out, there's this big, in fact, fold-out, three-page picture. It's this old black-and-white photo of what at first you might take to be Yosemite. It's this valley with rolling hills, islands of pines and oak, mountains on the side, dramatic river winding through it. And it's listed as, you can't quite make out what it says there, but before construction of O'Shaughnessy Dam is the rest. Hmm. I will show this to the guys. Hey, hey, yo, guys. What? Look at this. What is it? It's a picture. It looks like it could be Yosemite. That'd be a neat trick. It ain't Yosemite. Well, no. I didn't think so, but... No, this was the area before the dam went up in the place with the thing. You guys would all know O'Shaughnessy Dam. It's what created the lake that supplies the water for the city. So this is what's underneath that lake. Or at least on one side of the dam. So what, what, what's so special about this? That's where the spirits are. Possibly underwater, huh? It wouldn't matter to them. They're earth spirits. As long as they're still in the earth, they should be fine. True. It's going to be hard to get to them is what I'm saying. Yeah, and the other thing I would like to point out is, but with the water covering him, hmm, I don't know, the old god that uh, was worshipped by Atlantis might be having easier access to them. Well, is that land back before it sank? Yeah, it was still but, a coastal city, buddy. Well, it's an island, but still, yes, you're right. I understand. So, it was um, well, 360 degrees of coast. All right. Well, nothing for it but to go out there and give a leak at look at the never never. See what's up. Give a leak at it. <laughs> a look at it. I think I. I was going to let that go. I'm glad you didn't. I think I conflated look and peak. Okay. Yes. If you want to take a leak off a dam, go right ahead. 
Who's who's driving? Me, I'll drive. We're going to the Never Never. We're driving. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait. We didn't say anything I, about Never Never I, Land. Oh, uh, yeah, we just didn't say. We did, actually. I, I, yeah, I, I thought he heard it. I said take a look into the Never Never. Oh, okay. Yeah, last time. We well, then how, we don't need to drive. Has, how long has this dam been up there? It was built in the 1920s. So I don't know. The lake might not extend into the Never Never's reflection if it's new enough. It has I made hate, enough imprint on the spirit. I so hate like, going into the Never Never. You get used to it. I feel like an outsider enough that just kind of cements it. If there is water there, I do know a guy who has control over selkies and other waterborne fae. How long can you tread water? I've got a connection that I might be able to bargain some help with. Let's check out the Never Never first, then we'll see. All right, so who's driving? Better question. Whose car am I going to try to squeeze in this time? You should get into David's car. It's huge. All right, I call shotgun. The shotgun answer. I don't have my shotgun with me. I'm riding in the front seat. How about that? I got that. <laughs> okay, so you're riding in the front seat of David's car, and Ezra and I are riding in his in my SUV. You suck. His car's bigger than my SUV. It's older, too. Much older. What do you got, like an old Lincoln Town car? Otherwise known as a tank? No, it's a cab. It's like one of those cars where it's like 80% engine. We haven't really established one way or the other, but we'll say Two yes. tons of Detroit steel. That's right. So where are we driving to? We're driving out to... The dam, the I picture. would think. The dam, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go. Damn it, we're driving to the dam. Yep, up to Diamond Lake. Yeah, there's some good fishing here. Is there? Yeah, they stock the place with trout. Okay, so uh, you guys head northeast out of the city proper through the suburbs into the Sangre de Santos. You're taking a very familiar... One of the saints. Yes, the hills that surround Isla de Oro. So you're heading up into the mixed pine oak forest on these narrow winding roads, like two lane blacktops with only intermittent guardrail and like a 140 foot drop off on the side into these steep canyons carved by barely visible rivers covered with boulders and pine. And this whole area is really familiar. You guys were here not that long ago. I wasn't. No. Isn't this the realm where we had the showdown where I killed those people? Not where the cult was, right? Right. The apple orchard. Ace Forcian. Yes, I oh. thought you guys were talking amongst yourselves. <laughs> oh, okay. No, yes. we're, we're making sure that this is actually where you said we were. Okay. Yeah, you're on one of the main roads, but a ways back is probably the turnoff you would take to get to that place. Where I first felt that image, yeah, this makes sense. Hmm. Okay, now they're talking about killing people and cults and stuff. I didn't kill. No, that was not me in character. I was asking. Yes, it was. Yeah, you didn't say you were out of character. I didn't. I was asking the GM. Oh. And he's ruled. Now, here's the thing. I'm in David's car. So he's talking about killing people in a cult while we're driving along. And I'm just going to keep scooting closer and closer to the door. Hey, this is where I killed those people. (laughs) Except it's not. I don't think. Oh, I I see him looking at me. Oh, it's. Champion of God kind of thing. This is the whole problem that I have with religion, because you're saying God is good, God is great, God loves everybody, now let's go kick his ass. Oh, he's never claimed that God loves everybody. No, God doesn't love everybody. God yeah, he loves people that donate to him. No. You're not here, first of all. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Second uh, of all, we have walkie-talkies. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't established that. If you want to give a fate point. I got a fate point. Oh, damn it, all to hell. <laughs> 
I got two of them, actually. I'll spend one for that. Did you get a CB radio in your car? Now, of course, you are welcome to do that, but I'd like to point out that stuff tends to go belly up around Ezra. I just want to be able to talk in the conversation for 30 seconds. So <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> no. He doesn't care what happens to the radio after he said his piece. No. Move on. We'll move on. I won't spend it. Go ahead. I'm not there. But no, so, God uh, doesn't love everybody. There is evil in this world, and that's why there are champions and knights of the cross and things like that whose job it is to eradicate and exterminate with extreme prejudice that which is evil. Unfortunately, when I killed the people I was referring to, that was a mistake in judgment on my part, and I am paying a hefty price for that. So basically you killed people in the name of God, and God didn't want them dead? Uh, yeah. And you wonder why I'm an atheist. Uh, it's not one of my finer moments. Don't be blaming God for my shortcomings. No, I'm not blaming God for your shortcomings. I'm... Never mind. So, come to a fork in the road. There's a steep turnoff that reads O'Shaughnessy Dam, and it's a brown sign. It says, official vehicles only. Looks like it goes straight down. You can now see the big curving arc of the retaining wall of the dam, this massive wall of concrete behind which is this level plain of blue-green water shining in the sun. You can see boats and stuff, jet skis circling around on it, all of them going in the same direction. There's loads of circular wakes all going clockwise. There's uh, another one that says Diamond Lake Recreational Area and Cerro Observatory. I can't remember. That observatory was something special, wasn't it? No, but there's a weird story. The guy who built it said that a elf climbed in through his window one night and told him to build an observatory there. It does sound like the elves. Same guy also claims to have met a hyper-intelligent raccoon. It wouldn't be the weirdest thing I've heard. Wait, elves are real? Dude, we met one. They're so called the... on she. Come on. Oh, that was an... Okay. Yeah. They're called the fae. I forgot that was an elf. My bad. It's okay. I don't blame you. So I'm going to say you guys just stopped at a little turnout here. Yep. Yeah. All right, so where are we going, folks? Wherever the wizard takes us. All right, so the uh, map or picture indicated that the uh, valley there, that is now where the lake is, correct? Right, Diamond right. Lake. Let's head up to the lake. The hills slope steeply into it. You can see this long line of dead vegetation and whitish clay that goes down 50 or 60 feet. And there's a whole even line of tangled debris and trash and stuff up at the top of it. Looks like that was the high water mark, who knows how long ago. And the lake has been slowly but steadily dropping since then. You guys okay. know about this. I mean, you live in California. Basically, there's never enough water. There's always a drought. Okay. The area clearly was once mountains. And then this wide valley has now been filled in with this branching lake. There's a little beach, nice yellow sand that's been brought in, maybe. It's definitely landscape, the whole thing. There's some charmingly rustic little cabins, bait shops, a place to rent jet skis, and big prominent signs that declare the rules. Topmost and written twice as large as the rest is, all watercraft must circle left for safety. Is that unusual? No. Okay. You ever been to a reservoir, Ezra? I don't know if ever Ezra would have been. I, I have not. Then I'm going to say you have no idea. Okay, I will say, is that unusual? The <laughs> no. native Californians, I'm 
Tuck in. It's not, no. All right. Fair enough. Even in January on a uh, fairly cold day, there's probably a couple dozen speedboats and jet skis out there. There's a lot of cars in the parking lots, although they're only about a quarter full. Still, there's quite a few cars. And there's people lining the narrow, steep beach. You can see a big, fat, red guy in like a tight red, white, and blue tank top and shorts that are probably a violation of some sort of zoning law. Why is it that people that wear that are never approved to wear clothes like that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> struggling to pull a speedboat like this slick streamline thing into the water from his truck. His kids, the two youngest ones, are running around. The two oldest ones are camped in the shade of a tree, texting furiously. Kids today. The text messaging drives me nuts. Ezra, could you, like, go over there and fry those? <laughs> yes, I could. I'm not going to, though, because I wish I could do that. I can't. What? You just said you could do that, but you wish you could do that, but you can't do that? No, I wish I could. I wish I could text. I wish I could use one of those cool smartphones, but I can't. Why? Because they're neat, and I can't use them because my magic makes things break. Now, on the other hand, I do get to control the fundamental forces of the universe, and so it's kind of an even split. <laughs> so, it, it, oh, never mind. Anyway, heading up to the shore... The water laps weakly at the clearly imported sand. There's no shells in it at all. There's just kind of a tangle of duckweed and plastic cups. I live on the Great Lakes. That's not unusual for me. Mm, yeah. Oh, then you're also familiar with the weird chemical smell. I'm very familiar with the weird chemical smell. Right, you know what they need here? Zebra mussels. That'll clear that up real quick. <laughs> There's a sign, speaking of which, on the dock, which the guy is struggling to drag his boat down, that says, don't move a mussel. Inspect your boats regularly. That's cute. Right. <laughs> so, sitting in my hands, rubbing my eyes, opening up the uh, old site here to take a look about. It's never good. <laughs> I can't be hygienic. My eyes, my spit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> do you open your site differently from me? I'm sorry. How do you open the site? I do cool stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, just do your mojo thing. No, you don't. Yeah, you have other right. people do cool stuff for you. I can run faster than you on proof. Yeah, run away from me. I can throw your car. Anyway, opening the sights while they're bickering behind me. <laughs> when are you gonna, gonna... When are you just going to get it over with and fuck? No, oh, what the hell's wrong with you? Dude, that is Sexual not cool. tension <laughs> is palpable. You need to get it over with. Oh, There's man, no... are, you, are you looking over there? I'm looking at those two while I'm trying to concentrate. Okay, <laughs> so you see a great Blazing, I haven't opened my radiant... site yet. I haven't ah, opened the site yet. I was going to say. No, this is while I'm trying to open the site, and they're all okay. just like, bada, bada, bada. I'm like, guys. I got to admit, I'm curious as to what I would look like in the site. <laughs> <laughs> okay, opening the site's pretty easy. Understanding you what you see is the hard part. All right. So give me a lower roll. You're only facing a difficulty of three here. Oh. The intensity. Not very intense. All right. Great. My lore five, that gives me a six. Okay. You see a enormous valley here, much as pictured in the photograph, but not just in color, like in the ideas of color. Right. That seat themselves deeply in your brain. Every tree is just so resonant with tree-ness. There's a 
herd of bison down there. There's some sort of antelope. You can see a family of bears in the river, a dozen of them. There's two or three old ones and a huge group of cubs. In the distance, you can see smoke rising up from some sort of structure. But what draws your eyes most is in the cliff faces near you. You're standing on like a promontory. Below, maybe 50 feet down and maybe 100 feet away from you, you can see crude steps fashioned from the natural forms of this big granite pillar that rises up. And these steps, more like a ladder almost, lead up to a nest of honeycombed entrances, look like natural caves or something in the granite that have been worked. And they're surrounded by glyphs that remind you of, well, every petroglyph picture you've ever seen. Okay. Those look like the kind of things we almost kind of sort of saw at the uh, cult area. They had the honeycomb terrace looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Huh. That's about 50 feet down and maybe 100 feet out in the surface of the lake, as it were. Okay. Is there water in the lake, or is this all dry land out here? What you see in the Never Never is all dry land. Quite a ah. climb down from where you are, too. That's fine. I can control gravity. I have no problem with climbing. <laughs> all right. Great. You know what? That's all I needed to see. So uh, now I roll, roll an attack with the three intensity, and I defend with discipline. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm pretty sure you can beat a one. Yes, I got a five. <laughs> hey, guess what, gang? What? what? There is no water in the Never Never over there. And in fact, there are a lot of honeycomb caves. And I will describe what I saw. Honeycomb caves are big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not small. They're not, They're not small. small. No, 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 no. I knew that was coming. Lame, says a kid as he walks by. Ask you, kid. I know. That's what I want to go check out. I'm not really prepared <laughs> to go... Trouncing about in the Never Never, though. I don't like the Never Never. You and me both, buddy. We got out of it no problem last time. One lucky day does not make two. And I don't think we have a choice. Can we leave David here? He's never helpful. What are you talking about? Hey. Mean mother, warrior God. That's right. God never works out in the Never Never. There he does. I'm going to go get my chain. I did pretty good on that tentacle thing last time. I'm going to go to David's trunk, open it up and pull out my chain, wrap it around my fist. Done and done. I'm going to get some grenades. Oh, yeah, that's subtle. I'm not subtle. We are are in broad daylight, aren't we? Yeah, we're in broad daylight. I don't really want to. I'd rather take a day or so to prep. We always prep. We're going to the Never Never. Let's do it. All right. We always prep and we get our butts kicked. Like my (laughs) shotgun's back at home. That's my only thing. Well, that's fine. We'll prep. I'll bring Victor next time. I'd also rather come at the nighttime when there's the less chance of civilians being around. There's in not case many trouble goes down. The, the beach full of them. What are you talking about? Look over there. They're on a beach. They're fine. Let's do your hoodoo voodoo thing and let's just go. Fine. We'll go when you get your shotgun. Oh, that's fine. I'll be with. Come all the way out here just to look around and then go home. Do you have an extra gun? I can take. I don't. I'm not. Of course I do. My right, SUV is filled with them. Oh well, then give me one of your guns. I'll give it back, and you know, okay. 
All right, there you go. So here's one. It's not too complicated. Point it and pull it. I grew up in Kentucky. I know how to use a gun. Okay, good. He, he passes you this weird science fiction-looking thing. <laughs> All right, well, maybe you got something that actually shoots bullets? Oh, you want an old model. Yeah, I got a couple of those. I give him a couple of handguns. All right, thank you. I don't need a them couple. both, but, we'll, but I will take them both. Okay, take one. No, no, I will take Here's them both. Here's extra ammo. Thank you. Put that in there. Jeez. Well, okay. I'm with Adam. Let's get going and get something done. I can only chuck lightning bolts so often, and then I get tired. I That's don't know works. if this is going to come in important, but I don't want to forget uh, and it does illustrate something about Logan here. Mark yourself down as having a pair of Glock 19s with black talon ammo. Nice. I don't know what that is. I know what Glock 19s are. I don't know what black talon ammo is, though. Sounds cool. Yeah. The Glock 19s, the fully automatic ones? Uh, should be semi. Okay. What kind of ammo is it again? Black, black talon. Black talon ammo. It sounds wicked. Okay, I put it on my list of special equipment. You're right. I was thinking for Ezra because they could come in handy. Oh, okay. For me, I didn't think about that. Since talking you're the one he gave them to? Yeah, I know. For some reason, I thought he was talking to All okay. right. Let's open up this old. Well, my character says, let's go. It's yeah. about 20 minutes out. I'm going to try and find a uh, nice kind of secluded place so people don't see me open a rift between worlds. Oh, sure. There's areas back behind the cabins. You know, this whole thing is steep hillsides and stuff. Well, I mean, every lakefront you've ever been at, basically, with the bait shops and rental places and all that stuff, just backed by steep hills. So up amongst the beer cans and broken bottles and discarded syringes and condoms tangled (laughs) in the underbrush, find a secluded place. Lovely. (laughs) That will be... Where I open up the rift. Hey. Um, that is... Pretty major effect. Yeah, it's thaumaturgy. Yeah. Let's head to Adam first. So difficulty depends on how weak the walls are between the worlds here. Mm. You know, that's one of the things I was looking for. And I didn't necessarily find specific rules on it, but I'm prepared to wing it at the moment. It's under world walking. Yeah, sensibly enough. <laughs> David, what are you doing in preparation yeah, for David. potential <laughs> world walking here? Well, I am bowing my head in meditative prayer. Mm-hmm. I do that for a couple minutes, and then I take my gun out and, hmm, do I need to spend a fate point to say that I've got a uh, gun cleaning kit in my trunk? Absolutely not. Okay, then I take the gun cleaning kit out of my trunk and start making sure the gun is well cleaned. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Working the way it's supposed to. Working the way it's supposed to. to go. Yep. You're in this dim and tangled thicket. The gun seems to glow with its own inner light. Nice. Adam, you still think I'm crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. He knows you're crazy. <laughs> I never said there wasn't such a thing as a god. I just choose not to believe in him. What? <laughs> You can buy a glowing gun at any dime store. So what's this look like as you at least attempt to open a portal? I'm going to use the same ritual I used before, getting my little bag of stuff. 
out setting up in the center of the circle. I had the little Lego door opening and closing in the middle nice. of it. And see, I set up uh, five points of star. I've got the uh, quartz crystal. I've got a bit of sandalwood incense. I'm actually going to grab some clear water from the lake, or as clear as comes, at one corner. And then for fire, I've got some of those little black fire snakes from the fireworks store. <laughs> nice. And then a uh, rubber snake at the apex. And then, like I said, in the center, the little Lego door. And chanting in fake German, Kloppenklammer, Kloppenklammer, to open up the door. <laughs> As somebody and who lived in Germany, this is mildly offensive. I, I cast in fake German because I cannot speak German, which is why it is useful for me to cast in. Casting in a language that I don't know insulates me from the magical. What, so bibbity bobbity boo doesn't work? No, because that's got connotation to it. It's a long theory. I don't have time to go into it now, Adam. I'm just amazed at the amount of crap that you carry around with you. <laughs> well, I'm a professional. Back off, man. I'm a wizard. Back off, man. I'm a wizard. <laughs> I, that just... might be an aspect. <laughs> yeah. That might indeed. Oh, buddy. I'm, I'm just amazed at the fact that between the Lego door, the snake fireworks, the rubber snake, you're a walking novelty store, dude. Yeah, DIY wizard. This isn't DIY. This is Spencer's Gifts. Yeah, I've got, I'm wearing like an old surplus army coat that's got runes stitched all over it, which has great big pockets that I'll pull stuff out of as well. I've got like the messenger bag that'll pull stuff out of constantly. Adam's just shaking his head in dumbfounded amazement. So what's the overall difficulty on this? Three. Three, is that all? Oh, yeah, nothing. In fact, you know that's highly unusual. Yeah, that's actually pretty weak. Probably could have just snapped my fingers and opened up. Let's not go with that. So anyway, so that's casting with conviction. Already got a four going at it. That brings it to a five. Big shimmering portal opens up in the air. Through it, you all can see a brilliantly colored, extremely vivid landscape. The colors aren't bright. They're just so intense. Are there it's... colors in a spectrum that we cannot describe? No, it's all natural colors, but the area is so rich with greens. Like in full and color. the sunlight is in golden streams pouring down through these huge soaring pines. The air is thick with moats so that everything seems to have this green gold glow. And something that looks like a deer, but it's clearly not, looks up, startled, stares at you guys for a moment, and then jumps 20 feet into the underbrush and vanishes. Yeah. Let's move it, gentlemen. I don't think standing here with a doorway to the never-never land is not a good... Is uh, Never mind. Let's move. I want to chase. Not now, boy. Okay. <laughs> Let's get going, then. I will step through. And the others come in. Never want to hear a white cord vampire pant like that ever again. <laughs> I step on through. Give me my extra percent. And let me tell you about some of the parties I went to when I was visiting his family. So you step through into cool air that is redolent of pine and fern, and it smells weird. It smells it, healthy. Yeah. Fresh air, fellows. I remember when the earth used to smell like this, at least certain areas. Yeah, it's like... It's like the Are you Alex telling me that downtown, that medieval Berlin smelled fresh? No, but I'm talking about the area where the Alps, where the original castle Frankenstein was. All yeah, right, lead on. Closing the gate behind us. It seals with but a thought. And at 
that moment, David, you feel a chill of premonition deep in your gut. Hmm. And that's where we'll call it. Oh! Ah! I think we've got, what, ten minutes left? Yep, yep, something like that. This is probably the best place to do it before we get to it. It's a good cliffhanger, sir. (sighs) Well done. Well done. I like it. Thank you. Well, I will talk to you guys next week then. Cool. All right. Take it easy. See you. Bye. And so we bring yet another Dresden Files session to a close. And in so doing, we also bring another issue of Monkeys Took My Jetpack to a close. I don't know why I am using this voice to do these closing remarks, but I am, and I don't know if I'll sustain it. However, I think I will, because it's just so much fun. If you wish to leave us feedback of any kind, good, bad, indifferent, about any topic in this issue, or frankly any other, you may do so by leaving a comment on our Facebook page, or you can send an email to feedback at mtmjetpack.com. That Facebook page can also be accessed from mtmjetpack.com We look forward to hearing from you and you will get a response. And so, until next time, this is Blind Geek thanking you for listening to Monkeys Took My Jetpack and reminding you that your imagination is just like a jetpack. Yes, you've You've got to keep it fired up, and always, let it soar!